0: What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Grind My Gears. I am Ashton Mdari, and I will be your host of this episode. Uh, Before we get started, I'd like to say a shout-out to all the sponsors of the show. Oh, silence? That's because there is no sponsor. So if you do want to sponsor us, freaking get a hold of me and give me some money. I'm just playing. Also, I want to, before uh, we get going, I want to... um, Let you guys know if you can get if you want to get your nobody cares work harder gear. It's at www.ashnamdarimma.com. Click go go to the link below and buy your gear online. And if you use discount code Brown Privilege, that's right, Brown Privilege, you will get 10% off your order. So once again, go to ashnamdarimma.com to get your nobody cares work harder gear and use discount code brown privilege and i will give you uh 10% off. So here we go. Uh we got a good one for you today here. We got a very good one. Uh so you know, I'm as many people know I'm in the uh fitness industry uh and especially in Canada, especially in Ontario. Uh the fitness industry has been uh decimated uh in all areas of fitness. So I'm not just talking about gyms, uh, weightlifting gyms. I'm talking about community centers, recreational programs, sport, amateur sport, professional sport. Uh, the pandemic has brought out a ugly side um, to, uh, of government and uh, and how its view of physical activity and sport is in society in Canada. And it's not a good one. It is definitely not good. So uh, we're going to talk about this They I actually wrote a blog on the site. So you can see some of my thoughts verbalized on the site, www.actionm.mma.com, on our articles and blogs. I wrote a piece on this in January, and now I'm actually going to talk about it more in depth. Uh, so, you know, 2019, the fitness industry was on fire. Everything was fitness. You couldn't go wrong. You could come up with the stupidest fucking exercise program, put it together, and if it looked good, if the production was good, you could sell that thing to the max. Uh, you know, food and nutrition has never been uh, more emphasized uh, than the last couple years, and it really took off in 2019 when we started to figure out, you know, nutritional um, things in our foods and what we eat in our lifestyles really had a big role to play. In physical health conditions that some people were suffering from, um, simple things as gluten in the diet, uh, finding out that you're gluten intolerant and changing that, uh, enhanced people's lives significantly. Uh, physical ha- physical activity was at an all-time peak, in my opinion, since from when I was a kid to now, more and more people were getting involved, more and more um, governments were actually pushing physical activity. You know. Uh, participation, different kind of um, initiatives like that to get people more involved. Parents were getting subsidies to sign their kids up for sports. Uh, you couldn't ask for a more booming time to be in the industry in 2019. 2020 rolls around and we think it's all going to be the same. Uh, then March happens. Uh, we had the warning signs in January February. Then March happened. Um, and it went down in flames. So we have a lot of other industries they got hit hard uh, just like fitness so I'm talking about uh, you know my wife is in hair and uh, personal services So she's a hair makeup artist uh, they got smashed and they're still getting smashed if you think fitness industry is getting hurt um, the hair and make and uh, the hair and personal care service industry in Ontario especially is getting decimated you're talking about people who pay fees to the government. I believe I read a report. 14 or $15 million of uh, 30,000 hairstylists uh, paid in registration fees in 2020. And they weren't even allowed to work. And they're still not allowed to work. At least in fitness, you can pivot and you can work. But you, you can't do a virtual haircut. How do you do a virtual haircut? You can't do that kind of stuff. Um, so that's another industry that's suffering. And I'd like to hopefully get somebody on. Talk about that uh, in, in a future episode on how that industry is going to recover, especially in Canada. Uh, I know it's been hurt tremendously in North America in general. So, 2019 fitness is going crazy. 2020 rolls around. First two months not so bad. Um, then March hits and oh, all hell breaks loose. Nobody knows what the hell to do. Uh, you know. So March hits. Gyms are closed. Physical activities closed. Nobody knows what what's going on yet with uh, the global situation, and um, nobody knows why why and when we're going to get back into the gyms and and working. So everything goes from in-person to completely virtual within a month, and it's actually quite amazing how fitness adapted that quickly. And that's a kudos to all the workers out there who work in the industry, including myself, who, who pivoted to the online space to serve and help serve people. And, you know, i got to say this right now, fitness online, as much as there's some people doubting certain companies like Peloton and other ones that are providing similar services, fitness online is not going anywhere. What this has, the whole situation has done is just put an emphasis on the fact that the fitness industry as a whole, is way bigger than we thought it was initially we thought fitness was involving you know a trained professional coming and meeting you one-on-one and providing you with a service online actually allows good trainers good ones that are lasting long in the industry to serve that much more clients without having to be there physically so it's an amazing tool that is not going anywhere Uh, and the good trainers adapted really quickly the good fitness businesses adapted really quickly and put it together. I'm going to use an example of um, my Jiu Jitsu coach, um, uh, Salvosa BJJ, they, within a couple weeks of the lock, the first, very first lockdown, had an entire portal and he was busy, busy, busy. Uh, Professor Salvosa was busy coming up with online curriculum so that you could train at home, so you can get your mats, get your grappling dummy and train and he was one of the very first ones I saw at least in Ontario pivot to the online model very quickly and do it very well and to this day it's you know I have to speak I have spoke to him a few months ago um, uh, and, and and I heard it was the case too it's keeping him, him running right now it's keeping him his business alive because you know as much as we all love to go to the gym and work out and lift weights uh, you know things like the martial arts industry Things that involve physical contact, physical contact sports, they are getting, getting crushed for another six months, based on how this uh, this current government in Canada is handling things. Uh, so, fitness pivoting to online is a big thing, and and um, it's not going anywhere. I'm telling you right that right now, it's not going anywhere. Uh, there's a huge market for it, huge demand for it. And companies like Peloton and I think uh, Lululemon bought Mirror. So look for them to start p- putting headway in that space. They're not going anywhere. Beachbody, those things are providing amazing services online. that's hard to beat, but can be beat. So I want to take a second and bring to light why fitness was hit so hard compared to other industries. Well, the first being is you know fitness is for the most part unregulated so that's not something a lot of people know um now trainers do have to have some sort of certification to work at certain places but certification is pretty much not the end all be all when we talk about uh fitness um so you have tra- trainers and experts in the industry some who don't who don't carry active certifications uh some who have university degrees Uh, for the most part though it's unregulated so you can have a certification but you don't necessarily need one Um, and uh, you know trainers, fitness businesses can dictate their own worth so uh, the industry standard you know as much as as long as I've been in it I haven't even looked it up with the industry standard for wages because when I got into the industry and why most people get into this kind of industry is because you can kind of dictate your own worth, like you can do in any business, but you can dictate one hour of your time is worth right off the bat. Um, good ones value their time very high because they have very high skill. Uh, bad ones give cheap sessions and advertise on Kijiji. So there's a big difference in the skill level. You get there, but uh, you can dictate your own worth. Uh, and that's a big thing. So, you know, what one what, what negative of that some people would say is that it floods the market so there's tons of people in fitness the industry is booming there's a lot of people in this space because the earning potential can be so high if you put in the work but the earnings go to shit if you're not putting in the work so the market gets flooded with all these people because was relatively easy to get in you can technically wake up tomorrow morning and say I want to be a personal trainer you can friggin do it nothing can stop you Nobody can stop you. The only thing that you might want run into is insurance issues or potentially a client asking you for a certification. If you don't have one, then tough luck. But there's nothing stopping you from waking up tomorrow morning and being like, Hey, I want to be a personal trainer. And a lot of fucking people do that shit. And that's why it gets flooded. However, when situations like this happen where the world fucking explodes and the industry gets shambled, the strong come out, the strong survive. And get to see who is really good at their job uh, so that made fitness a huge friggin target for governments they can't control it you can't control uh, what trainers do you can't control what coaches do. you can't control any of that the only thing you control control is shutting the gym physical gym down and limiting the amount of people that can go into it or limiting the people who can go into it at all and that's exactly what happened uh, it was a government. Uh, the government can't control and regulate fitness. They can't control and regulate the workers. Uh, it's not like uni- The unions don't represent anything. There's no representation anywhere. So blanket restriction was the only solution for a government uh, because they can't control it. They can't mandate um, certain things. They can tell gyms they can do, you know, safety. Uh, the same safety precautions that. Ontario lays out, put the stickers on the floor And give Doug Ford some more fucking money what a piece of shit that guy is um, You know, put the arrows on the floor And do one-way traffic You can do all that, but you can't tell people how to run An MMA class, you can't tell people how to run a Muay Thai Or a personal training session You can just emphasize the social distancing rules And all that stuff uh, and, that, and that's it That's all you can regulate as a government So the only solution When you have a global situation Is to close the thing down And that's what they did and unjustifiably because the number of COVID cases in gyms is relatively low There's been a few outbreaks Um, in Ontario, especially there's probably a a spin studio in in Hamilton And from what I've heard, I'm not going to call out and say that um, the owner or or the franchise because I'm not like that But from what I've heard before that the studios were, were filthy anyway, so it was a ticking time bomb that that kind of stuff was happening Isolated cases happened Once in a while, but nothing compared to grocery stores, nothing compared to all these other essential businesses. You have people walking in to LCBOs, to buy liquor, to buy booze, to get drunk as hell, to feed into addiction, but to go into a place like a gym that helps you and makes you better and relieves mental health issues and relieves stress and makes you stronger and physically more strong to fight off a disease that's closed it boggles my fucking mind and you know I would consider myself an idiot and to me listening to that kind of legislature and that kind of rules is friggin idiotic so um, it was a very easy target for an industry such as fitness to, to, to shut it down um, and it was unjustified because the case numbers were so low in those areas um, you know uh, you, you have reports of breakouts at, you know, blahs, but, you know, it's not okay to, to go exercise, and from, from what I can tell you right now, every gym owner wanted to stay open, they were buying more PPE than ever before, they were dropping tons of money on new equipment, on new safety measures, on new sanitation measures, and the government didn't have any of it, they said, fuck you, anyway, we're going to keep you guys shut down. The so gyms have effectively been shut down for over a year. <clears throat> Don't tell me that they were open in the summer last year in Canada or in the U.S. and, you know, they had a little bit during the first and the second wave they were open. No. No, they were not open. You you, you basically lost half your membership, if, if that. You struggled to get some back in. People were starting to trickle back in, but they were still nervous, and then you shut it back down. Uh, they weren't open. They weren't making any money. They were hanging on by a red and then Doug Ford and the Canadian government pulled the rug out in uh when was that last lockdown December pretty much December and we've been locked down since now we're gonna talk about the U.S. a little later uh but we're gonna talk I want to get into what's happening in Ontario where I live what's happening in Canada so we're gonna get into um you know what uh what what 2022 will be like coming up because 2020 was a write off 2021 is a write off for those of you thinking things are going to get better in this space we might be open by the end of the year but don't count on it i'm telling you that right now do not count on being open by the end of the year because, the reason I say that is not because I'm being so negative and that things won't get better. It will get better. 2021 is a write-off for fitness because of the proposed reopening plan that the Canadian government and the Ontario government has put in. Technically, this reopening plan is a continuation. Listen to me carefully. This reopening plan is a continuation of the lockdown until virtually september that's what it is it's a continuation of the lockdown so ontario gyms ontario fitnesses ontario um, outdoor activities ontario sports have been locked down since january and will continue to be locked down all the way until september depending on all the vaccination rates that's what uh, they are saying it's a continuation of the lockdowns. So don't get it twisted. Don't think that things are just gonna open up and you're gonna be allowed to do whatever the hell you want to. It, it, you you won't. Um So, saying that, looking at that reopening plan, looking how that they're they're treating fitness, it's a, it's it's in the last phase. Sport and physical activity, indoor physical activity, is in the last phase. So you're not gonna be able to do that shit until September, October, if you're lucky. And by then. Who knows? We might manufacture it a fourth wave of this shit and be back into lockdown, which is if history repeats itself, what will happen? So I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to paint the picture so that people can see, you know, what good professionals in the business are expecting. So I don't think anybody who is uh, in the business is expecting this to be a clear sailing back to normal activity. It's not going to be. This is going to be a... You're going to be hit with regulations beyond belief. Limitations beyond belief. um, Until these people are either relieved of their power or give it up. Which giving up is never a thing. So until they're relieved of the power. So where does 2022 bring the fitness industry? It's going to be a big year. A booming year. Um, For reason being is... uh, People are not doing well right now. People are... Uh, overweight people are suffering from depression people are are not doing well especially can can I believe Canada Toronto has the longest lockdown in the world the most strictest measures in the world Canadians health is not there from just a general survey of the people that I work well not with I work with people I work with are doing real well but people around them you know uh, the average weight gain is over 20 pounds for the year, it's not its not good uh, kids are struggling with the online learning and online physical education is definitely not something that is beneficial towards children so the the health of Canadians has deteriorated significantly from the lockdowns, the implications of lockdowns um, are more drastic than anybody or any of the policy makers are, are leaning it out to be They're making it seem like these lockdowns are protecting the health and wellness of the people from this disease. And and only time will tell statistically whether that's true. But the consequences of these lockdowns are way greater than the purpose of uh, economically, personal financials, and for the the health and well-being of people. The lockdowns have been brutal, and I've been seeing it because, you know, while there has been a stay-at-home order, my ass hasn't stayed home one goddamn bit, and I refuse to do that. I won't. Um, I continue to work, and I continue to help people because, one, I have to feed my family, too, and two, because I care about the people. If you really care about people, you'll help them, and by helping them, you're not going to stay home and hide away. You're helping them. You're going to continue to provide services that you provide and give to people. That's how you help people. You don't help people by hiding. Like Nobody cares if you wear a mask, if you don't wear a mask, if you're vaccinated, if you're not vaccinated. Just continue to work, people, because that's what needs to happen. So in 2022, the fitness industry, in my opinion, will boom because you know more Canadians day by day are getting their vaccines. And that's a whole nother topic I'm not going to get into, but um, more and more are getting it, which means the provinces and the country will open up. As it opens up, and here, here here's my prediction, um, over time, what have we seen with this situation is at first nobody knew what was going on, so everyone was kind of scared of it, um, nervous of it, um, precautious, myself included, I was precautious, I didn't know as time went on. Uh, we figured out what this was, and it wasn 't what we thought it was it wasn 't you know the apocalyptic zombie thing this was just a gigantic um i wouldn 't say overreaction but it was a gigantic uh reaction to this this situation, and we finally got a hold on it and understand what it is now it 's not going to be something that um changes the course of uh of fitness. For a long term. But next year. I'm telling you right now. People are getting over it. They're getting over the fears. Um, They're getting over their hesitancy. uh, And they just want to get back to shit. They want to play basketball with their buddies. They want to go to the rec center. They want to do that stuff. Fitness will boom. Mark my words right now. Fitness. Exercise. And that whole industry. Will boom in 2022. For another five years. Because of the added dimensions to it. The online uh, virtual training. The apps that have come out, the products that have come out online, physical in-person classes will come back, Uh, trainers will adjust to different styles of clients, different kind of schools will open, uh, different kind of fitness businesses will open up, Um, so a whole bunch closed and I'm sorry to see them go, I really am, but it's an opportunity for others to step up and open up and put themselves into the market. And that's exactly what will happen. It happens every time in human history when something like this happens. Individuals will step up and open up their own places. So the ones that closed, things will replace. The ones that were waiting for an opportunity will get it now. And they'll come in and fill that space. And that's just how it goes. That's how it's going to be with restaurants. That's how it's going to be with salons. All those industries that were hit super hard, it's going to be the same way. Um, People are just going to come in and start opening up. and and replace them it will be slow because um you know economically it won't happen that fast but uh, it will happen so 2022 will be a huge year for fitness and and um, I'm looking forward to it you're gonna have a boom of especially for kids now that's something I wanted to get into today is how affected kids are by this lockdown. Um, It's a lot. Now, I have two kids not school age, a a three-and-a-half year old, and a a one-and-a-half year old. And I can already see the effect that lockdowns have. So, I'm going to give my example of how it goes for us, and it's multiply that by ten. That's how it is for most parents and most people out there. So, before the uh, global situation uh, my daughter used to come to me to my pro MMA practices every single day I used to bring her uh, because I want her to see what it's like to, s- to see uh, hard work and dedication in the gym and, uh, and putting yourself through help so she would come uh, she would not only just get be able to get out of the house she would socialize with a tremendous amount of people extremely friendly at my gym shout out to Grants MMA miss you guys really much can't wait to get back in there so she would socialize with people she would get free time she'd get to watch her tablet she would play on the mats do whatever she wanted with me after the practice and then afterwards when i'm done training we would either go do something and hang out or or come back home and she'd be tuckered out and she'd have a great day and it would be fantastic and her exposure to other people in the outside world really um, increase her development Especially And um, since the pandemic began it uh, She's become more addicted to television Because there's not much We can do about that In terms of going outside Last year the parks were closed I couldn't even take her to the friggin playground Thanks again Doug for it you fucking idiot So I couldn't take her to the playground She couldn't play She couldn't see other kids She couldn't socialize And uh, so she suffered when we saw the change in the behavior, we pivoted at home and did some stuff as parents to, to help, but it, it's not completely enough. And that's a small example of a three year old. Um, so I can only imagine the parents that are having kids in school, you know, eight, nine, ten plus those critical years, they have suffered significantly. And when we talk about fitness, we're talking about amateur sport. Uh, some, some, some people don't realize amateur sport has been hit so badly, so badly, that I don't know if it can recover anytime soon. So what I'm talking about when I talk about this, I'm talking about, let's go with um, youths. Let's go with youths in, in their teens, 15, 16. We're talking about people with admirations to play at the college and collegiate level. Um and we're talking about they're missing crucial high school years. Crucial high school years of sport that will help them develop, get noticed, get into school. Some of them are relying on being able to play football, basketball, baseball, whatever the sport is, swimming, to get into school. They're relying on the scholarship or the financial aid they get from being an athlete to get into school, to pay for school. Now, that, that for some of those kids, that's completely gone they're either going to have to stay back just to, to prove themselves in high school sport which is a fucking terrible idea but they might have to do that because they want to play that bad at the next level or they might not even get that chance at all um, so where does that repercussion happen? The repercussion happens where university sport and college sport in both Canada and the US are going to see either less numbers or less talent along the next five years uh, because of that interruption it's basically two years gone like and i know in the u.s it's a lot better shout out in the u.s you guys are doing those fucking reopening right canada's fucking it up but in the canadian system they're gonna miss two years of school like canadian university football is a fall sport there's tons of fall sport they're gonna miss two full seasons i guarantee you based on the reactions that things are having right now that's going on in canada University football and fall university sports will be impacted again in 2021. Don't count on having a football season yet. I'm hopeful, but yeah, if the CFL does not go, Canadian university sport will not go. And the CFL is not getting any support from the government. The government gave them a big old middle finger and said, Fuck you guys, you're not playing shit. Even outdoor with no fans, you're not playing shit. They won't even give them financial aid. So, that's fucked up so you know college students will lose or university students will lose two full seasons so i'm anticipating high school students will lose just as much seasons as that that repercussion in their health and well-being is huge some of these kids were relying on that i'm telling you relying on being able to play the sport that they love to the next level and it might smush that dream forever losing two full seasons at that age one, from an injury, maybe. Two, devastating. Take it from an athlete as well here. It. It going through two surgeries in a row myself and having to take a year or two years off. A year is bad. Two years fucks you over. It will fuck you over and it will kill you. And uh, that's what it's doing to students right now and that's what it's doing to kids. Uh, some of their, you know, if you're lucky and your kid is in the 10, um, ten 11, 12, you know, they'll be okay. They can still. Develop and get to that level. But if your kid is, um, you know, in grade 10 and 11 uh, or 11 or 12, it, it's it's not a fun time for them right now, um, thinking about their future, especially athletically. Um, and to talk about amateur sport, we'll, we'll talk about the Olympics coming up. These athletes had no sport, they already get zero sport. Olympic athletes in Canada get almost no sport. It's a fucking joke. We like to pretend that we help them out by selling gloves and shit at the Bay and giving them hats and scarves. and, fu- and like No, that no. these fucking athletes need facilities. They need money. They need to be able to train full-time knowing that their bills are taken care of. Right? Canada does to the athletes. That does not happen. Maybe a very few of them who are lucky enough to get sponsorship deals, but most of them are struggling like hell. And I know that because when I was in school, I used to be around a few of the guys that were... Olympians, uh, decathletes, um, and long-distance runners. Cause at my school, they were uh, a very big track program. And they're barely living off of that money. Barely. So I can only imagine how even worse it became during the pandemic. And now we're expecting to send a team out there to do well? Are you kidding me? I'm surprised we do even remotely well in the first place with the amount of funding that Canada gives to their fucking athletes. So the Olympics is even going to be worse. I think you're going to see a, a tremendous decline in the level of our amateur athletes competing in the Olympics in, in the next little bit. And I'm not saying that as a negative. I'm saying that as a fact that you know, we don't support them before and we didn't support them during. I guarantee you they're going to be the last ones to receive support after. And they're the ones that need the support the most because sport brings people together. So, you know, that's what I wanted to say about the kids and youth program is it's it's in very grave danger. So we need to, you know, if we were going to fix anything in the industry when things reopen, it has to be that. It has to be getting amateur sport back to where kids can compete safely, no matter what the sport, if it's contact sport or not, safely indoors and outdoors. There are ways. But they're not even entertaining it. They're just, you know, there's no reason why Ontario Soccer League can't be operational this summer. No reason. If you give me a reason why, you're kicking around a ball, you know, you're playing the game of soccer, it's fucking safe already. You know, there's no reason why kids couldn't be playing soccer this summer. You know, there's tons of outdoor sports kids could be doing safely this summer, youths can be doing safely this summer, and there's no fucking reason, no absolute reason why, you know, I'm going to use soccer as a big example, why soccer leagues cannot be competing right now, um, get your head out of your ass, government, that's fucking bullshit, um, so, we're going to come back to this reopening plan, um, so I'm not going to go into the depths of the reopening plan and whatever, but long story short is a continuation of the lockdown for indoor sports like you could probably do some outdoor stuff legally outdoor classes over the summer over the opening, but when you break it down to nitty gritty say you run a Muay Thai gym, you can't have people in the gym right now. You can't and based on the plan. You're not going to be able to get people in the gym until September August September. Um, it's based on vaccine numbers. I want you guys to think about that. I understand how important that is for some people and how important it is for reopening and to getting people back safely. But to base reopening on that number is insane. It's insane. It's ridiculous and it shows the lack of, um, lack of critical thinking that... that the makers are having right now on the impact that those kind of things have on certain industries. Uh, it should be based on whether or not it's safe or not. Which it is safe. It is safe to reopen gyms. It is safe to reopen fitness. It is safe almost everywhere else in the world and that we are doing better. Our numbers in terms of injecting people are better than a lot of these places that are opening. And they are wide opening holding events. Guys, their old opening holding events and we are stuck in this vicious cycle so um, the reopening plan does not solve anything and one of the bones I'm gonna pick today is good life fitness now I used to work in a company that was owned by them so I'm very familiar with how they run their business and I want to take a second and I'm going to bring this this out because you know, last year, A Good Life was very fucking vocal. They were, um, you know, during the first and the second lockdowns, they were very vocal. They were on the news, saying we have our system, we can open up, we can safely get people in and out of the gym with appointments and blah, blah yada yada yada. We we can do it as the so you would expect as the largest gym chain in Canada. You know. They would speak, they would want to get back to work, they would want to get back to business. Now, late last year, I don't remember the exact day, but I'm pretty sure it was in September, October around then. um, The the, uh, Good Life took the Leaf loan. So it's L E E F, for those of you who want to look it up. It's a Canadian corporation loan that they have given out. And not many companies have taken it. Uh, from what I looked and from what I've seen, I think it was five or six companies have taken it. Uh, airlines, I think one industrial company. And lo and behold, Good Life. So, I'm the reason I'm bringing up this program is not because I give a shit about the program. It's because I want people to see what the program entails. And that will show you why the behavior of Good Life as a chain... Is the largest fitness chain in Canada has changed um, over the last few months. So the Leaf loan gave them, I think, $315 million um, of borrowing. So they got a whole lot of money and a fucking high interest rate. I think it's like 8% and 5 on top of that every fucking year. So Good Life took that loan knowing they were in a shitload of trouble. Shitload. They were getting hit hard. You, can, you don't take that kind of money and that kind of interest and be okay with it you, you you shits hitting the fan for them so they took that loan and one of the the key part of this is the the fine print in this program so now they can't give like I don't think they're, they're not a public trade company but they' have a restriction on dividends capital distributions share purchases and executive compensation so I know the people inside of that, the executives, they're high on themselves. They like to give themselves some fucking money. So now they can't even give themselves their own fucking money, which is a huge red flag. When you're willing to uh, stop giving yourself a raise (coughs) um, because you need a loan from the government, it's a huge red flag. Um, So the other part, and this is the important part, the important part is that part of the restrictions of the leaf loan is that the government gets to appoint somebody into the board they reserve the right to appoint an individual in the canadian government to the board of good life so that means for all these companies that have taken this loan the five the airlines and, and good life the government can take somebody and plop them right onto the board what does that mean Well this means exactly what has happened. So Good Life has shut the fuck up. If you go on their social media, you'll see people uh, complaining about how they've not spoken up for the industry, how they've not done anything for their members in terms of getting fitness back. They were so vocal last year and now they're quiet as hell. Well you wanna know why they're quiet as hell? It's because the government took a guy, plopped it in that space and said shut the fuck up, Good Life. If you say anything about our lockdowns or our restrictions, we will fuck you up. We will change more people on the boards. We'll do whatever we need to do to make you pay for any of those comments. And that's why those guys have been silent as shit. They haven't said anything. And you would expect after years and years and years of people supporting them. Going to their gyms. Going to their facilities. Um, they have a fitness certification company. Um, doing those events. Giving them their hard earned money. You'd expect after years and years and years when something like this happens. They would at least stand up for the consumer and try to get shit done and get back in. Instead, they took the loan. They took the money. They took the $300 million that they needed, and they shut the hell up. And they're just sitting there waiting, oh, whenever they decide to let us back in, we're going to go. Now, you guys are pieces of shit, and I'm calling you out, and I'm putting you on notice. Because if you look at the large fitness chains in the U.S., this is why... I'm a big fan of the U.S. No matter how much Canadians like to talk shit, the U.S. does it right. The big chains in the U.S., Planet Fitness. That CEO was on TV every other fucking day telling people it is safe to come back. We are fully operational. We will do what we can to keep people safe. We are open. We are open for business. We are fighting this. We are trying to get open as soon as we can. You know, That's what they were doing there. Here silence the biggest fitness chains in the US were fighting to stay open the biggest fitness chains in Canada are silent and begging to stay closed because you want to know what they took money from the fucking big man and he said shut up that is exactly what's happening and shame on you good life for for tr- being a traitor to, your, to the consumers who have literally made you into the largest fitness chain in Canada shame on you so before we finish up on today's podcast i want to address just briefly um just we summarize everything that's going on because we did you know we're still in lockdown fitness is still in in shambles um you know this year is pretty much a write-off for a lot of people but the future looks bright in terms of return um to play and return to the the demand is there it's just right now there's certain things that are in the way for people to, to make that money and to grow so fitness will come back i'm not worried about that but what we need to really focus on is the kids and the youth. amateur sport is going to be needing a huge injection of talent a huge injection of parental getting the kids into these sports once the stuff is over and, and getting them back to play and even if if that, getting them extra help to get back into shape, to get back into that competitive mode. Um, so that's a key thing that we have to worry about. We have to also look at large corporate gyms like Good Life and uh, and really reconsider our commitment to them. Because uh, paying a gym like that a regular membership fee, I'm not sure what it is, but I'm going to guess it's along the lines of between 80 to 100 bucks, Paying them that monthly rather than paying it to the little guy. Who has for the whole time been standing up for us and those little gyms um, that may not have the same facilities as A Good Life, may not have the same convenience and location as A Good Life, but the whole time they were there, they were uh, going to bat for, to keep gyms open, they were going to bat to keep fitness accessible to everybody, they were doing outdoor classes, they were doing indoor classes, they were doing whatever it took to get to the consumer. Those are the businesses that we need to think about supporting when this is over. Not the one that wasn't there and not the one that is now government controlled. It's government controlled. The government took a piece of it and do not be surprised if they somehow are going to try to funnel money out of that business back into their pockets to make up for the huge deficit that we're in financially. Um, So I want to take a look one more before I finish at the U.S., in Canada right now. There is no reason and I'm say says there's no reason why you can have sixty thousand people at a Canelo Alvarez boxing match. And you know what? C- cases didn't spike, ladies and gentlemen. People didn't drop dead. They had that match and Texas is doing just fine. AT T Stadium full. Florida had a Jacksonville had a UFC show full. Houston had a UFC show full. I think Vegas had one full. These things are popping up all over the U.S. Right next to us. Right next to us. We're watching them. NHL playoffs. It's full for full stadium of fans, uh, and we're not doing that. Yesterday, uh, I'm just just happened to be when I'm filming this. Yesterday, I want you to think of the logic behind this. Last week, Montreal, Quebec, as a whole, was in a fucking curfew. You weren't allowed to leave your house after 8 8 p.m. They were arresting people on their patios, giving them tickets, going through parks 15 minutes before 8 o'clock, telling people, get the hell in your home. The very next fucking week, the very next week, you're allowed to go to an NHL game because the the Habs are playing uh, in town for game six. Tell me where the logic is behind that, and I'll shut the fuck up. Well, guess what? I'm not going to shut the fuck up. Because there's no logic behind that. How do you go from telling people they can't leave their house to saying you can go to a hockey game and scream and shout and do whatever the fuck you want? You can't. It's ridiculous. And the fact that Canada or Ontario, Toronto's canceled everything. There's no sports here. No sports. No sports here at all. How do you go from a curfew to having people in the bell center? Give me the logic behind that and I'll shut up. You won't. So look at these things that are going on in in sport and, and and really question them, and and I really hope the students out there the ones we talked about who are losing two years. Um, I know that they've done it in California. Students have sued Governor Gavin Newsom for not letting them play. I hope they do that here too. I hope students get together in class action the shit out of the Doug Ford government and all the in the Canadian government, the federal government uh, for affecting their lives and not and, and, and for some of these kids screwing up their lives for the future not giving them a chance to do the things that they want i hope i hope that you guys class action the shit out of that anyway that's it for me today thank you for watching uh, i'm ashton and Diet. visit www.ashtonandiamma.com for all your clothing needs check out the article and blog i wrote about this same very topic in the article and blog section Thank you for watching, and we have some cool stuff coming up, some guests coming up. Have a great day. Peace out.